Welcome to Eurovision Song Context. This is a podcast that tries to get to the bottom of what makes a Eurovision submission successful. It's a tour of culture, identity, and the ins and outs of ESC. I'm Bradley, and it's all about San Remo this episode. I'm joined by friends of the show Dave and Margherita. We're three Italian speakers who will talk about 18 hours of San Remo. All 30 participants, including Angelina Mango, Mahmoud, Diodato, Gali, and Russell Crowe. Check out the show notes at eurovisionsongcontext.fireside.fm to get lots of San Remo content. Or you can look in the episode description. Oh my God, I love Fanta Sanremo. Oh my God. Oh. Have you, no, 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 before you do this, before you get effusive, are you, are you recording I am now? recording. All right, welcome to Eurovision Song Context with friends of the show, Margarita and Dave. Um, if you could both please introduce yourself and your connection to Italy, because we are all Italian speakers. I'm so excited about this. Go. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave. I, I live in Rome and uh, I'm a teacher, a writer, a translator and an eternal prisoner of the eternal city at times. Please plug your book, Dave, while we're on it. Yep, um, I've got a series of books uh, based on the Vinyl Tiger, who's uh, uh, an invented pop singer from the 1980s, and the books are the 80s, the 90s, and the noughties. And I've got a couple of new books coming out this year as well. One of them is called Replace the Sky, and it's a completely different um, storyline and different different world, as they like to say in the self-publishing uh, industry. Excellent. Margarita. Hello, everybody. I'm Margarita. My connection with Italy is that I live here. I am Italian Canadian, grew up in Canada, decided to take the family genes back into the home country of Italy. And I've been living here for almost a year, very happily. Uh, I wish I had a long list of accolades as long as Dave's is. But uh, I just graduated university a few months ago, so I'm figuring it out. So, but I'm a Euro fan, and I think that's what matters the most to be on this podcast. Are you Italo? Yeah, Italo Canadian. Italo Canadian. Italo Canadian. That's the order. That's the order Italo that goes Canadian. in. So Italo Australian. Would I went be to get then. my blood work done, and this woman was like, "Oh, you uh, should sign here." And I was like, "No, this says that I was born in uh, the United States of America. I was born in Canada." And I'm not joking. She said, "Ma tanto il Canada fa parte degli Stati Uniti." Oh yeah. I want it. I want yeah, it. Yeah, Canada's part of the United States. I've heard that more. <laughs> I've heard that more than once. I've heard that more than once. Um, I heard that from an Italian when I put out. Well, thank God. Even if one person thinks that, I know. Margarita, one is too I know. many. I don't like thinking yeah, about it. One is too many. I'm blocking it out. I'm <laughs> blocking out the memory. <laughs> Margarita, if it makes you okay. feel better when I tell people I'm like Australian, they, or even though I'm Italo Australian, they're like, well, that's not really a, a proper English speaking country anyway. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what they think that you speak over there, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's heartbreaking that's a real subtle that's like it's sad because it's 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 rude and subtly so it's like i don't know it's like it's gonna get under your skin all right so we uh, you know we're a little late with the podcast this month 
because San Remo is 18 hours long, 18 hours. For those of you listeners that um, have never seen San Remo, it is available for everyone. It's not geo-blocked, so you can just go to RAI, R-A-I, just Google RAI, comma San Remo, and you can watch like all five nights this year. Uh, lucky you. What is your, both of you, and I'll start with Margarita, what, what's your preferred way to watch San Remo? Alone, with other people, every other night, start at the beginning and then skip the end, vice versa? Good question. I prefer watching in company. Uh, most of the time, I actually end up watching with my parents and then I follow what people say online. I think Italians have a fantastic sense of humor. Uh, it's a good self-deprecating <laughs> sense of humor. So I like watching the online comments, particularly on Reddit, to see what they have to say. But this year, I was able to watch with other Italians my age who were able to show me the funny self-deprecating humor themselves. So that was quite enjoyable. And I do marathon San Remo. I marathon it. This being my first year in Italy during San Remo, I really was not used to having to stay up until 2.30 in the morning to watch San Remo. It was too perfect before. I was able to finish at 8.30 at night, have dinner, go to sleep. So I marathoned it to 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, with other people, please tell you so okay. with other people. Most people gave out after like by midnight, I was normally left alone, but I did force a few other people in my home to stay through with me on the finale right to the very end. Most nights I was alone after like after midnight. Dave, how about you? Uh, it's confession time uh, because San Remo week for me is the one week where I'm guaranteed to get any table in any restaurant I want. And so that's what I do. I go out and I go to all these places that I never get the chance to, because there's always a major queue to get into them. Um, but this year uh, I did sit and watch. I turned down the option of watching it in company because I didn't want to get kind of sucked into the vortex that much. I wanted to watch it a little bit with a critical eye. So I always like to watch the first night to, even though it just seems like it goes on forever and ever. Uh, then I like to skip nights two and three, unless there's some highlights that I need to catch up on. Then I, I'm fresh and ready and focused for the covers night as well. And then it's back to the highlights for the, like for night number 500, because by that time I'm really over it. Yeah. I, my favorite way to watch is like with other Italians, like while you're doing other things like eating or talking. It's like, you know, there's just like a, a some kind of din. There's like some kind of chat, chat, chat. And then everyone going like, Shh, it's a song now. Right. So I, I don't have to pay attention. But like, you know, now I'm watching alone, which is I'm going to go with fairly thankless, especially when there's people that are watching Mel Melody Festival and that are tweeting about Windows 95 man or something. And now I've got FOMO. I'm like, what's going on over the hedge at, at Mel Melody Festival? And like, I don't know. I don't speak Swedish. Maybe I'll, I don't know. Do I cheat? Do I not? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, but let's face it. It's a Super Bowl moment, right? It, and actually, my, my friends were so, sorry to interrupt here, but my friends were so um, chuffed to let me know that the viewership in Italy this week for San Remo was 10 million. collectively, yeah, well, some of, some on some nights it was up to 18 mm -hmm. million, according to some reports. Holy so, Christmas, I mean, yeah. That, 
I mean, that in any country is impressive, but in a, with a population. Yeah, it's like a third of the population. Like yeah. I mean, provided they're, pro they're probably watching in, you know, in families, so it's probably more yeah. than a third of the population. Right. And yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no one's like me sitting at home watching it by themselves. You know, everyone else is in company doing it in, you know, the nice way. It's funny that, Margarita, you mention like the tweets and stuff. So uh, there was a Facebook Eurovision group and the question of the day a week ago was, so who is your favorite from Italy's national selection? And the first response by an Italian was, it's not the Italian national selection. <laughs> San Remo. It's its own thing. In fact, it's, it's, in fact, it's superior. So stick it, Eurovision fans. This is not the national selector. Somebody else, um, the, the Wikipedia page also clearly states that the winner of San Remo has the first right to refusal for Eurovision, right? You don't, you don't get the chance to go. You have the first right of refusal, which I think is like quite the way of phrasing that. Amazing. Um, I, I've got to say this year was a lot more fun uh, in the lead up um, to before the night, simply because I did a lot of research because I was really interested in looking at the predictions. So mm. obviously there were there were like you know the predictions based on analysis of the musicians social media platforms and and what that engagement is like and who was likely to come out on top on the on the tally vote for those but the fun thing I did was also pop into G, uh, chat gpt and ask it who its um predictions were and I've got to say, I think they need a few more years of uh, research because their their predictions were a little bit askew, a little bit off. But that was fun for me, just kind of like working out how everyone was approaching the festival and who's who was kind of outright favorite from the beginning and who, you know, where the dark horses were. That was uh, for I me, need really to know who ChatGPT predicted to win. ChatGPT uh, for me had Annalisa as the favorite uh, with uh, Sinceramente. The other kind of favorites uh, were Mahmoud and Negramado. And I, we can say that without spoilers at this point that they were pretty safely off the mark there. <laughs> and as outsiders, they had uh, Alessandra Amoroso and Loredana Berté as the kind of rounding up the fives. The artists that you've mentioned are all famous in Italy with established careers already. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably maybe Annalisa and Mahmoud are maybe the youngest of the five here, but uh, it was it's quite interesting because it didn't really take into account any of how active a lot of the younger artists are and the massive followings they have on social media. It's incredible that... Um, the Italian music market has such traction when it comes to uh, these social media channels and, and the music that they're putting out really regularly as well. Apropos of nothing, I checked chat, chat GPT for a different Eurovision related question and they told me that Diodato turned down going to Eurovision in 2020. And oh. then I reminded it because it's now like an actual person for me, chat GPT, right? I'm like... But ChatGPT, Eurovision was cancelled in 2020. And then it wrote back saying something like, oh, Bradley, you're right. Like, I'm so sorry for that mistake. It was very, you know, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was very conciliatory about its big gaping mistake. But um, I, also in a semi-related fact, you missed this, Dave, but uh, last time around that Margarita, when she was on the show, uh, we talked about Tim Hortons and its place in Canadian society. Yes. 
And I I was about to chat GPT what the Australian version of Tim Hortons is, you know. And oh, yeah, I don't know that we have that kind of level of coffee chain because I think it also depends on where you are in Australia, right? Because I remember I used to work with a lot of Canadians in in when I, I lived in Japan and you know, the big treat was them bringing back a pack of Tim Hortons for us or whatever that was, you know, that was the gesture. But in Australia, it depends on where you are because in my city, which is Melbourne, they they kind of think of themselves as far-flung Europeans. So you have like coffee, you know, you know respectable coffee places serve Lavazza coffee or these big Italian brands as, as coffee. And the chain stores... Uh, when it comes to coffee, are kind of like Starbucks chains or, you know, we, we don't really, chain, coffee chain stores don't really go very well there. Maybe there's a Gloria Jeans. I'm looking for a brand that unites the, the Australian people on a patriotic I level or cultural level. I am absolutely not Australian. I feel like if I had to make a guess, as opposed to a chain, maybe we can call it the flat white as a coffee, as a national coffee oh, yeah. symbol. Can I offer that up? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Or a soy latte mm-hmm. as well. That would be, that's that's kind of the big thing for, and it has been for a while. I think you have to kind of step away from the coffee world to find a brand that unites Australians. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of pride in Tim Tam biscuits. Mm-hmm. I think that's, they're mm-hmm. kind of, they're just so coated in chocolate that you just feel sick afterwards. They're so good. <laughs> And um, and I guess Vegemite as well, right? Vegemite's the ultimate iconic kind of, um, you know, equivalent to Marmite, which is just uh, you're not Australian if you if you don't like Vegemite, basically. And everyone's got their own way of spreading it on their toast, and and you know, the way you spread it on your toast is uh, apparently um, symbolic of you and your personality, and. I feel like what goes on your bread is the thing that divides all cultures, right? Like, is it hummus? Like in the United States, it's it's peanut butter that my son still doesn't eat. We've been here a year and a half. He just refuses and that's fine. Yeah. Um, no problem with that. But uh, yeah, I do miss the minute. I, I miss Nutella on bread. Fanta Sanremo. So yeah. tell me who was on your Fanta Sanremo, how well you did. And then uh, Margarita, you're going to go ahead and pretend that you played Fanta Sanremo. Maybe you I did. I did. Oh my God, absolutely. Maybe Margarita should go first because this was really my first attempt at Fanta Sanremo. And if if you have a look at the chat, I sent you an image just a few minutes before we popped into this Zoom session to give you an idea of how kind of disaster it was, disastrous it was. <laughs> Um, but also the level of embarrassment that I had. So I actually, like for my profile photos on my various um, Fanta kind of profiles, I had to find four different pics where I had a different wig in each picture because I was, I just did not want to be discovered by anybody. Like who? Like other people that you know that are also like, is this a real risk that you're running and playing fantasy San Remo? Because they're so competitive. Like the people that had invited me to go and watch San Remo with them had their own little leagues and they like, you know, were gunning for a thousand you know, 1,800 points, 2,000 points. Basically, this year, Fanta Sanremo, for those who don't know, is um, is, is based on the same idea, I, I guess, of like Fanta Culture, which is where... Yeah, fantasy. Kind of, yeah, well, that's what we call yeah. it in English, isn't it? Sorry, you can see how I am, how into I yeah, am to yeah, your fantasy league at work around the water exactly. cooler. Not that anyone so, has one of those anymore either. 
So essentially you're putting together your your um, ultimate Sanremo squad, but you've only got a limited budget and each artist has a certain amount of, um, you know, to acquire them. Obviously you only get a certain amount of points to acquire uh, the, the top acts. And your points in the, in the system is based on, partly on performance, but there are also like a lot of like outsider uh, events that uh, can kind of move the scales in or against your favor. Um, and so they're kind yeah, of- Yeah, like Mahmood gets traded to Inter and then it's all over. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, does somebody go on stage um, barefoot? Do they get, you get extra oh, points for that? Okay. So there's all these- Anyway, this year there were more, there um, there was a record number of um, signups for Fantas in the Nemo. It was close to two million um, enrollments in in the in the game, and it's amazing because it's non financial. There's no financial reward at all. It's all just for the bragging rights and and listening to the conversations of people that I know who are not even crazy about Sanremo, they were already strategizing and planning a week before about who they're going to put in their teams and their squads, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's kind of serious business. Did you did you do this, Margarita? Oh, absolutely. This is my second year participating in Panta Sanremo, and it is truly one of the reasons I watch Sanremo. I have to be honest. I I've noticed that in the past few years, a lot of people have attributed this sort of revival of Sanremo amongst young people to Amadeus, uh, his hosting. Yeah, they got rid of Pippo Baudo, who is horrendous. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pippo Baudo. And I think Amadeus actually, he does deserve some recognition for what he's done to Sanremo. I think he's started introducing a lot of younger artists, a lot of different styles of music, you know, making it something that young people can appreciate and look forward to watching. That being said, I I am dead serious when I think that Fanta Sanremo has breathed new life into this competition. People watch Sanremo just to see, oh my God, what is going to happen? You know, I'm literally watching with my friends and family and I'm the only one in Fanta Sanremo. And they're like, wow, it's incredible that artists this year, they're all dedicating the songs to their loved ones. I'm like, those are Fanta Sanremo points. Why did that artist steal that woman's purse? They're Fanta Sanremo points. A, uh, an artist will trip while walking down the stairs and I go, no, she just lost me Fanta Sanremo points. I really think that a lot of people are into it because they want to know what's what's going on with Fanta Sanremo. There are are different places that I've been, you know, different, even universities, bars, where they say, join our Fanta Sanremo League and come watch Sanremo with us on the last night. And we'll see how we all did in the league. Like, I really think that it's breathed wow. new life into the competition. Well, I can see what we're going to be doing next year, the three of us. Absolutely. Yeah, but also, I mean, if you think about it, to maintain people's interest for five nights of programming, yeah. sometimes at four hours a pop, you know, that's, such a great way of getting people like to not only tune in but to pay attention to what's going yes. on as well. Yeah, and then of course you'll have the tweet when somebody tripped. There's like a full there's a full circle thing, right, where there's also the the social that'll happen around it. I was I completely I'm now reviewing the 18 hours I've just put in in a different light because I was unaware. Yeah, there was a lot of bag stealing and tripping on stairs or talking about stairs and retractable stairs. That anyway. Dave, I'm looking at this image you've sent me and I've got four images 
with different pictures mm -hmm. with alarmingly similar names. Yes. Are you, which I'm assuming now are all you, have you played four Santa Fanta Sanremos and come in first in all of them? Is that, what's, is, that, that's, is that what's happening here? No, what I've sent you through is just a roundup of all of my teams that were um, under my various profiles, because basically as a user, you can set up up to five, diff you can choose five different squads or four different squads. And so what you're seeing here are, the, are basically the four different squads who were composed kind of ra sometimes randomly and sometimes with a little bit more thought behind it. But essentially I was kind of hedging my bets a little bit because I don't know if you want me to tell you who my captains were or who I was thinking, but... Um, Please, yeah. Basically Please. I had a, each hair colour, each wig colour represents a different musical profile in a certain way. So in the first one, I went kind of conventional and who I, with people that I thought were going to be kind of odds on and, and, and um, safe choices. So um, we're looking at one profile. I had Emma as my team captain. And I also had in that group, I had Diodato and Mahmoud as part of the group. And then to round out the, let's say, the fact that I had um, not a lot of Baudi, which are the points that you can use. Um, I had two of my favorite artists who were uh, Big Mama and Santa, uh, Santi Francesi. They were kind of rounding out one of those profiles. And then I had kind of like my rap profile as well on one of them where I had um, Giolier, Gali, Mahmoud, Mr. Ain, and of course, uh, Santi Francesi again. So it was kind of a variation uh, across the, um, the different profiles of different kinds of music and different artists at different points in their career as well. Which team did the best, please? The team that did the best, well, you know, they were all DDV teams, so they were all kind of subscribed, but let's have a look. The best, there wasn't much of a difference in, at the end of the day, the team that did the best was, and we're talking the difference of 80 points, uh, team one, which was Emma, Diodato, Mahmoud, Big Mama and Santa Francesi which did slightly better than Team 2, which had Alessandra Amoroso, Angelina Mango, who actually won, and Gali. Um, and they also had my uh, big mama and Santa Francesi in them as well. How about you, Margarita? I decided to commit to just one team because I thought, listen, I'm here to make my choice and I'm going to commit. And I also absolutely cannot maintain five teams it is it is too many people to keep track of but at least when they're on stage I can keep track of five people so I committed to one team which I named 74 settimane sprecate because it was the 74th edition and what are we doing when we're watching San Remo we're, we're throwing that week in the garbage wasting yes. time sprecate is wasting exactly time. so yeah. uh with a, of course a picture of a guinea pig who that guinea pig is one of my boyfriend's pets and its name is Fortuna and I thought I need to give myself a little bit of luck so that's my team I Ultimately, God. Did your guinea pig have a wig? Oh, oh my God. Next year. <laughs> Next year, I need to make themed okay. guinea pigs. Um, it's okay. There's like seven animals in this house. I'll just give give each animal its own team. Uh, yeah, it went it went okay. And wig. I did their own wig. I designed little animal wigs. Oh, my God. Keep up. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So 
I think I did okay. I got 1,965 points. My best performer was Dargent Amico, which I figured. I knew he was, they had the bonus Dargent, which meant that he got, any artist could get points just for wearing sunglasses on stage. And I said, okay, I need Dargent on my team. Oh, that explains that yes. then as yes. well. So it's funny. They had bonuses uh, named after different artists. One of my favorites was the uh, bonus San Giovanni. So if he came in sixth place, he would get six points because then he would be Sesto San Giovanni. Like that's how. Oh no, this is like it's all become Tombola exactly. now or something. That's or how like it works. Whatever. Oh. So. What a rabbit hole. Exactly. The, the more you look into it, the crazier it gets. So. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the powers that be at Eurovision have probably looked at this and gone. Nah. They do Fanta. Can you imagine the Spanish? They do Fanta do you, can Eurovision. You how well planned out. They do it. They did Fanta Eurovision last year. They're, I think they're going to do it again this year. But with all the with all the points for sunglasses and oh, tripping and all that all, kind of yeah. thing. It's the same people. Oh wow! It's the same people. They do Fanta Eurovision. So we gotta we gotta participate. I feel like that this could really put a spanner in like, you know, a, yeah, I don't know. All right, so I'm going to go through the first, I'm gonna go through the artists in groups of 10. I've shared my screen. I'm just looking at the final classification, right? So I'm going through it from 30 to 20. So um, we've got Dargen D'Amico, Ricchi e Poveri, Big Mama, Rose Villain, Clara, Regnanec, Manini, La Sad, Bunker 44, San Giovanni, and, and Fred Di Palma. So those are 10 artists. I feel like Amadeus, although <laughs> probably also not like quite that much talent. I won't list out the songs apart from just like the unfortunate names for English speakers like Regnanec and Bunk and La Sad. How did we feel about any of these artists, Dave? If you, you don't have to talk about all of them, just like, did you, does anyone stand I out? I ignored most of them, but um, there's probably two in here that were interesting for me. First of all, Big Mama was yeah. one of my favorites. Um, you know how cynical, people know how cynical I am when it comes to these kinds of events. And I have to say that, um, seeing Big Mama on stage was one of the very few moments that I actually expressed any emotion on the first night. So that what was, emotion was that? It was Dave? a positive emotion and I okay. and I was really rooting for her. And in fact, as I was researching for the podcast, I really fell in love with her songs. I think she's a great rapper and Unfortunately, I didn't think her song was up to scratch. The music was just not there for me, but her stage presence and um, and, and her performance on Covers Night as well for me was amongst probably the top three uh, songs for the night. Big Mama, for those who didn't follow, obviously has been um, on the receiving end of uh, you know a huge... Uh, kind of controversy here because she's a curvier girl. She's also proudly queer and she's been on the receiving end of a lot of body shaming comments. And she's of, Neapolitan as well, isn't she's she? She's Neapolitan as well. Yeah. But she moved up North and, um, and some of these comments actually came from the, the Rai contingent of journalists as well. So there's huge controversy, um, you know, about the disrespect shown to an artist at Sanremo. 
um, but also the fact that it's coming literally from the the press bodies as well. You know, that's that's put a dampener on things. But I think she's up for big and better things, and I think uh, um, she probably went into the competition just hoping to get better known. I don't think she ever went into that contest thinking she was going to win, and it's um it was for me. Just lovely to get to know a new artist there as well. Thoughts, Margarita? So um, in my thoughts in general, let me work a little bit backwards. I think the artists who came towards the end of the table of the results this year, I must say I don't think there was any song or many songs that I truly did not like. I, I This year I think there were a lot of good songs that at the most I could say, not for me, respectable song. Not gonna win, respectable song. I think a lot of the people who performed or whose results were towards the end of the Classifica were not bad songs. They were probably just on the more forgettable side. They were probably just forgotten and not wildly appreciated. You know, I think it was Fred De Palma towards the end, San Giovanni. I don't think they had bad songs. They just didn't stand out. I do want to make a specific note for 24th place, Clara. I loved her. I think she had... Oh my gosh, I did not like really, this song. Oh my no, God. Did I. I loved the song. I thought she had a beautiful voice and I was shocked when I saw that she came that low. She was the winner of Sanremo Giovanni. I was shocked when they put her first. <laughs> I was like, she's opening Sanremo. You... Yeah, ah. but she's... She's a huge television star here. That's as true. Well. She was in Marifuori. Okay. She's exactly so, and you know, she's straight off the catwalks of Milan. Obviously, yeah. they want to go in with, you know, the the good looking girl, but she has no stage Didn't presence whatsoever. Didn't she put on glasses at some point to read her little oh, card? Yeah. Yeah, but also to be like less attractive, like Princess Diaries, like style, where she whips them off and it's like, oh, she's quite attractive. The glasses, right? If, but I loved that her song. That old Diana Prince movement. <laughs> exactly. I loved her song. I thought it was a beautiful song. Again, one of the songs where I said, I don't think it's my favorite to win, but I really liked it. I was really hoping it would come top 10 and I was very sad when it didn't. But, you know, I'll just, I'll have to live with, uh, I'll have to live with that. Big Mama, I loved. Uh, I agree. I I loved. So funny that Ricky Poveri was in. Oh my God. I didn't think I would see them competing again. So good for them for coming back. Uh, coming 21st to, you know, make my parents happy while watching uh, Sanremo and, <laughs> and uh, Dargentamico in 20th. Um, oh, are we in, are we, are we on the 20th yet? We are. These are, this is the final classification. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going. So these are the weakest. Okay. This is the weakest of the, of the so crowd. So go 20 the down. Amico, I knew coming into this, I knew he was going to get my bonus, my bonus Dargen uh, in Fantasaremo. Uh, he competed a few years ago. I'm not sure if you remember with Dove Si Balla. And it was, I don't know if I should call it a hit, but I think it's one of those songs that I, I think people were doing like the, the, oh, what's it called? Oh no, I don't remember the name. The Maracaibo. Like they were all in the, in a line dancing, got people up dancing. Dove it's si been a long time, you know. And I was. It's been a long time since I've thought about Maracaibo. They, all, they also had bonus Maracaibo in uh, Fantasaremo. I just wanted, no. If they went into the conga line, they had the bonus Maracaibo. But I liked his music that I've heard in the past. Uh, but this song was good, not great. I, I was hoping for more. 
from that gym. Can we also talk about his teddy bears as well? I know. What was with the teddy bear outfit and the sunglasses stick? It was just he committed to the look, and I respect that. Yeah. Songs 20 and 21, so On the Alta and Mon, Ma, Non Tutta la Vita, were written by someone called Keope, which I assume is like a nom de plume or something, like a nome di arte. And isn't that like Cheops, as in like the Egyptian, the Egyptian, yeah? Like, isn't it like, you know, peer of Ramses? I, I assume like I, they just kept talking about Cheops and I was like, really? Yeah, other 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 no- notable or maybe not notable because we're in the bottom third of the classification. Uh, Renya Neck, I had never seen these people. I assume they've been around forever. I assume I'm the only person that's never heard of them. But they did a very retro thing, which is they wore full suits with ties and vests and jackets. And I was like, I just wanted to unbutton them at some point. Like it's very, it's 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 impossible to look casual with maybe the suit jacket because you could like take it off and throw it over your shoulder or something. But like with the vest, like I, they just looked super uncomfortable and it looked a little bit like my dad at a wedding or something. I, I don't have any issues. Like the song was fine. A lot of these I had problems with the staging. So like Renyanek staging, um, Bunker 44 or Bunker 44 with Governo Punk. They just rotated. They had, there were three punk rockers with like different color hair. Yeah. And they rotated like on a Lazy yeah. Susan. Yeah. They just look like I just wanted to turn them on their little Lazy Susan. Like, can I just say the staging know. for even outside of this bottom tier of acts, there were a lot of artists that were not, not doing their best on stage or not using the stage to its, you know, the best possible effect as well. But um, um, I don't know, like um, with Lassad, I kind of, I didn't like the song. I was kind of rooting for them in that really kind of light pop, punk, light, Green Day kind of, but like even mm. lighter. But the thing is that they had that, that song from the summer last year um okay. like auto sad or whatever it was and it was and it you know the idea was to shine a light on depression and to you know so there was like some there was some good kind of messaging behind for some sure. of these songs as well and so um although the staging for Lasad was not uh any you know anything to write home about I but they did win Fantasaremo they got the most points yeah. So they really did win. I had a little bit of love for them as well. So, but that's it. Yeah. Some of the messages in, in these songs were very, would have been very nice to see at Eurovision if the music had been a bit stronger. Um, Even Big Mama, La Rabbia Non Ti Basta is the anger isn't, anger isn't enough. Is that, is that Mm -hmm. a good translation? Anger isn't enough. Um, and, you know, of course, she has the tattoo that says Dea, goddess, three three letters, Dea, right on her chest, which is nice. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, you're bringing it. She looked a little bit nervous at the beginning, but she really did put in like quite a professional, um, all of it professional, like from the the costumes um, to her taking up airtime. She was very good at like saying, and I want to say one more thing, you know, LGBTQ plus and you know, don't, you know, you can make it here too. And 
No, Fanta Sanremo. They got... <laughs> that's what I mean. Everything that happened... No! <laughs> that's what I mean. It always went back to Fanta Sanremo. They got points for dedicating the song to a loved one. They got points for spreading a message, something like she was doing. Uh, and they got points for talking the longest on stage. No, boo. Those are just general <laughs> Sanremo things. Now you're... Now you're... That's just like Italians being Italian. And, and, and but, people winning awards at awards show being awards showy. showy. That's not... But no. to add time on no. stage... <laughs> sorry i know that's you All have right. to understand my no because that would be even my, worse margarita <laughs> because that's very cynical and i don't think big mama is i think shit comes from the heart and i'm not i'm no my no, existence for it. the week of saremo was them being like wow and me being like fanta saremo and my family being like oh what's happening and i'm like fanta saremo that was my whole week wow okay we're going through 11 through 19 or 10 through 10 through 19 so we've got Alfa, Gazzelle, Il Tre, Diodato, Emma, Fiorella Manoia, The Colors, Mr. Rain, Santi Francesi, and Negramaro. You're welcome. Our thoughts on this, Margarita? Um, I think similar territory to what I said last time. Not bad songs, maybe not the most memorable. I think a lot of the people we saw in this middle of the road middle of the chart kind of results are people who have a decent following but maybe their song wasn't enough to sort of band together all ages and support different styles of music and support uh for example i could say that with uh the colors the colors is a very famous group i know a lot of people were cheering for them especially people around my age uh they ended up coming 16th middle middle of the of the chart middle of the results i will say specifically about the colors their song was probably the first song that i could sing back it was so catchy that i had to hear the chorus like once for me to be able to sing the chorus with them the second time which i really appreciated it's a very catchy song we go through fiorella manoia did you guys hear about the controversy with her saying uh, a bestemmia no, she, she did not actually swear, she... but it was so funny. There was this whole thing where people thought that she was swearing. And so she started singing in a different way while performing in order to make it sound less like the swear word <laughs> while she was performing. I thought that was pretty funny. Hmm. Uh, then we go on. Yeah. No, no. I feel like for an artist of a certain age, that's probably good. That's probably good press. Honestly, right? I think so. It was, it was funny. I saw a lot of posts online about that. Uh, Emma here was in that territory of a very famous artist with a huge following, but not enough to grow past. The song wasn't enough to grow past her usual following in support. Diodato. I love seeing Diodato. I saw him in concert in Toronto last year, and he's a fantastic artist, even live. Notably, the only artist in the selection who was the only one to write his song. He, the only singer songwriter yeah, exactly he's a singer songwriter Canto, he, the, the only person they had to cite for writing the song was himself which i really admire a lot because it's a beautiful song gazelle coming 11th really surprised me i really like gazelle as an artist and as a fan of his i did not think that this was the best music he's put forward i have to be honest he has some very catchy music some really good music and this one kind of let me down. So I, I'm happy for him that he came 11th, but also kind of surprised. I expected a different sound from him. Dave, any thoughts here mm. in this middle of the... I have definite thoughts oh, here. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts of... here. 
Um, in, the, in the cemetery that is yeah. in just like the, so many of these artists I recognize. I think my takeaway from the San Remo is like, a lot of these songs would be great on Italian airplay, but we will, you know, they'll, they'll make it onto the, into the, somebody's playlist or onto radio and that's nice, but I don't think we're going to remember any of these songs I think two it's, years from I now. I think what it's really think? interesting in, the, in this middle band, there's kind of a mix of Amici alumni and non-Amici alumni. This is where kind of, you know, before we get into really headed, heady territory in the top 10, I mean, this is, um, you know, Amadeus's kind of effect here. He's bringing the kind of the closest, or I guess the, the purest form of... Explain ex Amici, please, Dave. Well, um, you know, it, I, I guess Amici does the job of what kind of pop, uh, you know, American Idol, X Factor, have, all of these things have done separately. They've kind of made household names of all kinds of artists over the years, you know, it's this, this long, it, it's, it's kind of, it's an establishment in the Italian media. It's been around for years. I found out a friend of mine the other day was a stagehand on the show 20 years ago or 15 years ago. I mean, it's been around forever. And it's basically, it's the one way that um, more and more um, singers and musicians can find get their way into every household in Italy basically and get their get their names known and go through kind of you know boot camps and and singing camps and singing competition um but you know I did a count up and and pretty much half of this year's San Remo's yeah. acts are from Amici yeah. you know and so and that, and even some of who People who are like someone like Emma is one of the biggest singers in Italy at the moment. You know, you cast him, cast your way back, and you'll find that she was once on Amici. You know, and that and that's how she has these you know this massive following here. But um, for from a kind of a Sanremo perspective, I want to say um, Diodato, who won during the pandemic year this year was giving me serious Karen Carpenter vibes, especially on yeah, the first sure. night. He had that kind of white suit with the white skivvy and that look of kind of cultivated sadness on his face. It just kind of gave me a real kind of Carpenter's moment there, I have to say. Um, not in a good way. Not, in uh, a not good for way. me anyway. Yeah, not, not in a good way. Not no, for no. me either. Emma um, was... Not in a dummy im kind of a way. Yeah, not example. in a dummy im way. Good, good reference there. <laughs> well done. Um, Emma, for me, also, I was playing my own mini um, Fanta San Remo game, which was Puglia points, because Puglia is my favourite region in Italy. And so anyone that has some kind of allegiance or connection to Puglia gets extra points from me. So even though Diodato is you know, now or lives in Taranto, he gets extra points. Um, Emma, for me, was also really important because she's known for um, having grown up in Aradeo, which is this tiny town in Puglia near Gallipoli. And it's nothing to note, but you guys, if you ever find yourselves down there, they have the dirtiest, most enjoyable arancini that you'll ever eat anywhere in Italy in the one rosticeria that you want to go to. My brother-in-law lives in that town, so uh, I know all about it. But um, musically, I think the only thing that really interests me out of this group was Santi Francesi, but mostly not for the song itself, not L'Amore in Bocca, but because they're 
they've been playing with um, 80s synth and song arrangements in a really interesting way since they were both on X Factor and I think they were also on like Amici or something else as well at one point where they had a different name. Uh, they used to be called, um, they had another name, I don't remember what it was. It was kind of like, kind of a vaccine kind of related name, the jab, I think they were called. So perhaps they changed <laughs> that name just as the pandemic kicked in. Uh, but music, Not enough vaccine-oriented names yeah. really in the world. But, you know, Santi Francesi, probably the only song out of that group. And Emma's was a shame because Apnea, um, which has been added to her album, as uh, the, you know, the, new, the album is about to be re-released with Apnea as a new track on it. Up There had a lot of potential as, as a kind of techno dance track and it never really quite takes off. And I wonder if that was a decision not to make it the dance track it was and to try and make it a bit more palatable for some mm. Remo audiences or whether it just didn't occur to them that they needed kind of to ramp it up a little bit more because it had a, a lot of potential and I love her voice as well. I am heartbroken for this group of 10 um, especially Nagramaro, that I think is also a, it's a Puglian band. Puglia points, yeah. 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 Puglia points. I definitely go to Puglia. Negramaro, I think, is one of the few, well, maybe not few, maybe a handful of groups that I would recommend to non-Italian speakers. Right. Um, I don't know, because I think they're fun. And I would probably also pay to see them in some massive stadium. Right. They're one of the few people that I would. I, I like Negramaro quite a lot. This song was not very sticky. Um, I didn't want to sing it again. Given their power in the industry, I was hoping for a better song. Um, Ditto with Diodato, who I love, I would say more than life itself, probably not quite that much, but um, I was expecting, I was hoping for something stickier. Alessandra Amoroso, that I think has been around forever, Ditto, Fiorella Manoia that had a song called Mariposa, but I think in the in the chorus it's like Mariposa Farfalla. I also liked Santi Francesi quite a lot, quite a lot. Um, very professional. I hope I hope that happens again at some point in Sanremo, maybe next year. So do I, because he's really cute as well. That singer, he's the only he's the only one that got hotness points as well for the entire <laughs> I'm night. <sure>. <laughs> How can only one Italian yeah. man get hotness yeah. points in, in 18 hours of San Remo? No, I don't know, but it. he was. And he's also very professional, like his, um, very professional. What, did you not like Rockabilly Elvis at Italy? What was that guy? There was like, there was like an Elvis impersonator in one of these groups. So we, I think we, I feel that we've already passed that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah. And only one set right. of hotness points were delivered this year. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Uh. And that's a sad day for the country, really. <laughs> Margarita, last thoughts on these middle 10 before I move on. I think there was more than one hot guy in those 10 uh, and in all 30. Really? I, I, I thought Diodato was a bigger man because I, I, you know, I, but every time they put him up next okay. to someone, he kind okay, of shrunk. No. He got smaller and smaller. I saw him in concert know. in Toronto. I got to take a picture with him. The one thing I told my family here was he is smaller than he looks. Like he's yeah. taller than me and bigger than me, but like I'm very short and like small. So, you know, he's not a big, he's a big stat. He doesn't have a big stature. He's smaller than you'd expect. So, yeah. Yeah. 
But he kept getting smaller as the 18 hours progressed. It's like, I don't know if they just kept putting him next to taller people. I think or we what? started I having like, hallucinations wow, literally... after 18 hours. Have they washed him? They've washed him on the hot cycle and he keeps, I don't know. Um, okay, so here we are at the top of the classifications. So you, you know, the top nine, because I guess I covered Alpha already, but we'll just cover the top 10. Angelina Mango. Gelo- oh, help me now. Geolier. 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 Geolier, oh, Annalisa, Galli, Irama, Mahmoud, Loredana Bertè, Il Volo, Alessandra Amoroso, and Alpha. So that, that was the top 10 at the end of the final classification. Uh, spoiler alert, Angelina Mango won. What do we think about this? You can start, Margarita. Ooh, okay. A lot of big names here. A lot of big names here. What is there to think? Oh my God. A lot of cute boys here too. Sorry, it's because we got started on that. I should stop. Um, it's okay. Don't stop. I'm pretty. How do you not get Sanremo points for that? I know, honestly. Santa Sanremo points. That's gotta for be just being a okay. cute. Just for being pretty. Um, I think the first, the first artist that I want to comment on is Loredana Berté. Okay. I, she doesn't wear pants. I, Why can't she wear <laughs> bottoms with her tops? That's all I have to say. Every time she, I was like, you're like, put on pants. I, I have to say, I said earlier that there were basically no songs that I disliked, and I and I stand by that comment. But Loredana Berté was really, really challenging that opinion of mine. I. I'm mm. going to offend people by saying this. She won. Was it the first night she came first with the Sala Stampa? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, dear God. Like the way that I hear her singing <laughs> now, now, because I've heard, you know, her a few decades ago, beautiful voice. But like, to me, she was, she has a kind of voice where, you know, when there's like a town party, there's like a sagra, there's some, and there's like a woman singing and you're like how did she get invited here and it's like oh she's dating the mayor like that was the kind of voice that she had for me i i did not get it and every night that she was on i just was like how does she keep getting invited so good for her for coming second uh sorry not second margarita be really careful when you're walking down any glbt like lgbt area because you're you know, you're in danger mode right now. You're marked. I'm like, listen, she's, she's, she's great. Okay. She's great. I've heard her old music. I just, I just could not, I think her time has passed and she should be the icon that she is not live from Sim Rainbow. She's, Margarita, I'm going to interrupt just for a second because I completely agree with everything Margarita has just said. And the problem is for, for, Loredana Berté is now in her 70s. That's not the problem. The problem is that she continues to present the same kind of song. Uh, Bradley, you might have to beat me, but it's kind of like that um, Loredana's in this kind of perpetual phase where she's doing her bitch, I'm Loredana kind of song over and over again. Yeah, it's gravelly. It's got a little bit of punk in it. It's screaming about... And it's Life, rebranding it's... herself each time as, you know, the rebel, the person that needs, you know, is always up. And yet she is the establishment. You know, the reason she's there is also because she's part of Amici and she's part of this and part of that. So, you know, she's part of the, I guess, the establishment that she um, claims to be completely up against where, and maybe she was 30 years ago or 25 years ago, but not so much now. But I think... 
I, I almost got the feeling that she wanted to win Sanremo just so that she could go to Sweden and like be annoying to her ex-husband like so that when she goes you know, all of her exes I'm yeah, sure she has more than she's just like every like ex. Bjorn Borg you know like she's got a thing still against it anyway sorry to interrupt I was shown a video of her uh, I think from 2018, where she was performing on TV. I forget, I forget where she was. She was performing on TV and she fell over while performing. And she could not get herself back up. And as she's reaching out to the guitar player in front of her to help her up, somehow she just keeps singing the same way into that microphone. The microphone's here. Oh, yeah, she... There was a night when she couldn't count down. She couldn't, she couldn't, um, the, they had some technical glitch. And yeah. unfortunately for her, she's like probably the oldest participant in San Remo. And she's looking blankly up into the, like, it looked a little bit like a senior moment. I, I don't think it was her fault at all. But she had the composure to say, no, we're going to stop and you're going to restart. That happened and to I thought, someone else thank as heavens. Well. That happened to someone else this because year. Because otherwise she would have tried to keep up it wouldn't have been her fault and she would have gotten dragged on and social she media would she have would have gotten dragged for that she would have had a blanco moment yeah. do you remember from last year i do have when to he say destroyed all the roses on stage so my favorite oh Sending yeah that was yeah. you know she's okay. she's paid her dues we have to we have to give credit where credit's due but i, I do think though that you know um it's very similar to, i mean the song that she presented this time was very similar to the song she presented last time she was yes. on. You know, it's pretty much the same thing. And last year she had her, uh, I think it was last year or the year before, she had pretty much the same kind of song where it's just kind of like repositioning herself and just trying to put herself into the middle of the conversation once again. And I, I don't know if you look at all the songs around it, it completely out, it doesn't fit the theme of any of the other songs in that in the top 10 mark either. So it was just stood out for the wrong reasons, maybe. I was um, thinking quite a lot while I was watching the Sanremo, especially when you see the Italian advertising and some of it is like quite cheesy and very Italian. You know, like when you watch, like when you're thinking about Italy and its history, and you start looking at some of these women, I am imagining old Rai and old uh, Sanremo, not even old, old, I mean, 15 years ago, maybe, yeah, 10 years ago. And I'm imagining what uh, Sanremo Rai boardroom would have said, like the top left corner says 100 years of Rai radio and 75 years of, of Rai television. So it's hard not to think about Sanremo in respect to Rai and music in respect to those entities. And, um, you know, I tried to look at Loridana Berthe and rewind her by about 20 years and imagine her in front of like Pippo Baudo, Berlusconi, or people like that. And to think about how um, hard they would have had to have fought and how rough, like music industry professionals how rough of a road that would have been. And it's not only Loredana Berté, it's also Fiorella, Fiorella Manoia, maybe Alessandra Amoroso, de Lesso, um, certainly Georgia that, that hosted one night. And um, I looked at some of these women, like maybe any of them over 40, and really had a 
deep respect, even if they are banging the same drum that they were, about just how... I was a little bit proud of Italy because San Remo did used to be the two models, La, Bion La Bionda and La Mora, you know, the two, two supermodels couching a very old version of Regis Philbin or Bruce Forsyth or whoever. Like, I, I, I'm really proud for what the women that Italy put on stage this year. Yeah. I, I, you know, I second all of that. I think it's interesting. Uh, I think it was in the, in the air as well that a, a, a woman was due to win this year. Was it 10 years since the last female yeah. winner as well? So I think that's also, also talking about giving people their proper dues as well. And I don't think yeah. women in Italy who power, you know, if you take away the Neapolitan contingent of rappers in this country, so many of Italy's biggest artists are female artists and they have been for the last decade or so. Um, mm. You know, there's a few kind of male artists now. Um, and again, when I, you know, I think of Mengoni or I think of Mahmoud or, um, some other artists, but people that capture the public's attention in the recent years have been largely female artists. So I think that's, there has been kind of a renaissance in the press to a certain degree, but maybe um, it's interesting that it hasn't been reflected at San Remo yet, well, aside from this year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Eurovision Song Context listeners, for technical reasons, we've had to split this episode into two. Carry on to the next episode to listen to more from Margarita and Dave and I about San Remo 2024.